Okay, Pasa, Mufasa, Aloha, Shalom, and good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Micropreneur Podcast. Today, we've got a world-class business executive native to the Caribbean islands who's going to be discussing the regulatory framework and ongoing developments in the psychedelics space in Jamaica, as well as the broader Caribbean region. And he's also going to be sharing some intel about a brand new psilocybin mushroom retreat brand that he's rolling out in collaboration with the one and only Marley family. And that is called Marley One Wellness Retreats. Also in step with their brand of functional and psilocybin mushrooms. Everybody, please welcome Douglas K. Gordon. You know, my hope is that as, as some of these jurisdictions look for not only care that can benefit their populations, but also being places that people can come to and embrace wellness, you know, where they can get therapeutic healing, that it will really serve as, a, as an opportunity for us in the wider region to be able to have more people come to our shores and experience psychedelic experiences. I'm a big fan of this guy. He knows how to get things done in style. As always, thanks for listening. Please consider rating and reviewing the podcast wherever you're listening. And with all that said, let's get down to business. Okay, Pasa Mufasa. Welcome back to the Mycopreneur Podcast. Douglas K. Gordon. How's everything in Jamaica today, my friend? Everything is fantastic down here. Life is good and lots of sunshine. So, you know, we're in a land of legal psychedelics. So we're in a blessed place. And we're going to dive into that right now. So we had a chance to briefly connect in person at the Canadelic Conference in Miami last month. And I noticed that the international panel, which featured some very knowledgeable multinational executives from the cannabis industry and the emerging psychedelic space, actually punched a question to you and the audience. Do you remember what they asked you and what you were talking about? Because I thought that was kind of a flex to be like an audience member who's weighing in with some expertise. <laughs> yeah, that was Jamie Pearson dragged me into the, into the conversation. But um, it had to do with I don't actually recall the question, but I know that the, the overarching sort of concept was just about some of the, the legal and, and, and business frameworks for the cannabis industry in Jamaica and, you know, sort of doing business down here and what, what it involved. And that was, a, that was a general gist of what we were speaking about um, in answering that particular question from the audience member. That was cool. Well, let's dive into that about importation and exportation, because you've got a career right in business and not just Jamaica, but in the Caribbean region. And also, I believe, in Latin American territories, et cetera, et cetera. And I recently saw that there was some controversy about a Canadian company importing cannabis into Jamaica. I don't know if you've been following that story, but what is the landscape like now currently? Because, of course, Jamaica being one of the only countries in the world where you can legally access psilocybin products, right? Both with retreats. I've had a number of the different retreat owners like Justin Townsend of Myco Meditations on the program, et cetera, et cetera. But also there's a, a retail landscape, I believe. So what is the general landscape like right now? Do you have a lot of multinational companies who are trying to import their products into Jamaica or is there more of a focus on developing a homegrown industry right now or both? So controversy you're, you're relating to right now is, is cannabis specific, right? And that's where there's importation of cannabis into Jamaica from Canada. Um, the challenge with that, and I think where, you know, so one, getting exports in this space globally out has been a problem, right? It's been a challenge for a lot of Jamaican cultivators to get them their products out globally. And so to have products coming into the country when you already have sufficient production here, 
and it's not able to sort of, you know, get to the global markets that, that do have a demand for it is extraordinarily frustrating. And of course, you know, to some degree alarming. But I think what has happened is that while Jamaica has the same sort of framework as many countries, meaning you can export for R&D according to different criteria than for general consumption, this has particularly come in under an R&D um, you know, remit, but it's not being used for R&D. I think that's, that's where the, the crux of the issue is. And so from that perspective, I think that's a fairly easy solve in that you know, those rules either need to be super strengthened so that there's really punitive measures for people who circumvent use of product according to how it's brought into the country. Um, you know, I think that's, that's the best re resolution for it, is that it just becomes such an enormous um, financial penalty and, and doing business penalty for doing that, that it's just a disincentive to conduct yourself in that manner. Um, but I think as well, you know, all of these are learning opportunities. And I think just the way it's been communicated to the general public and to the industry as a whole has been a little bit, has left, left, left something to be desired. So I think, again, it's a learning lesson to sort of say, look, we're all stakeholders in the same, in the same industry here. We all have a collective benefit and desire to see it thrive and really on a, on a platform where it can bring the kind of prosperity we know it can, uh, but we need to work a lot more closely together. So that's that's where that particular situation, um, in my opinion, could have been, you know, addressed differently, and for the future, how we can be informed about how we handle it. Sure, and you've got a nice macro perspective of both the cannabis and the emergent psychedelic industries in Jamaica. And one of the events that you produce, of course, is CanX Jamaica. And I was gutted that I missed the last iteration of that conference last year. Is that something we're going to see again this year? Or are there any plans on the horizon for a forthcoming future iteration of the CanX conference? Yeah, so CanX will be held in September, the 21st to the 23rd of this year. And, you know, we're quite excited because we're going to, we're going to actually bring psychedelics into that whole discussion. Um, in a much more substantive manner. So you'll see Canex have, you know, a pretty good balance between cannabis subject matter and psychedelic subject matter. And, you know, we orient that conference around being an international platform that brings people together in the Caribbean simply as a destination to discuss it. You know, our, our content is not 100%, is not even majority about what's happening necessarily here in Jamaica. It's really spanning what's happening in the industry globally and we use this as a good destination point to get here. Um, but what's particularly relevant, as you mentioned earlier, with psychedelics now is that it is legal in Jamaica. You know, and you do have a number of different entities that are coming to Jamaica, both in terms of research and in terms of even, you know, some a little bit of a proof of concept in terms of their some retail products that they can put together and and produce. And then you also have quite a number of operators in the retreat space. That are, that are setting up shop down here or have set up shop down here. Yeah, I'm hoping to make it to this next iteration of the conference because of the people that I know who went last time had a lot of very positive things to say about it. And come on, do we really need another excuse to jump on a flight and come out and visit the land of, you know, come out to visit Jamaica and hang out with everyone and, you know, have a, I, I was in Jamaica in 2006. That's the last time I've been. So it's been quite a while. And that's actually the first place I ever saw a psilocybin mushroom. I had someone pull up next to me on a scooter and say, I'm de pharma and show me a mushroom. And I was still quite, you know, as a sophomore, junior in high school. And I went, whoa, I've only seen those things online. So it was quite a, a nice welcome and a very visceral memory I have of my time in Jamaica. So, you know, you've got a new project coming out with one of the 
best known families in the world and someone who, you know, a family that's synonymous with Jamaican culture. And that's the Marley family. And I know that you have a relationship with them that goes back a number of years. Last time I had you on the podcast, you were involved with a separate project with them, but you've got a new project coming out. And this is another thing that lit me up when I heard you mention and I said, we got to get you on the podcast, but I don't know any of the details. What can you tell us about this new collaboration that you have with the Marley family coming out? Yeah, we're launching um, an entity and that company will own the, the license for the functional mushrooms with the Marleys globally and for the psilocybin mushrooms um, as well. And then also for producing retreats. So we're very excited about you know, coming together with the family again in, in such a significant manner because this really gives us the breadth of um, opportunity to touch people and really educate them about what mushrooms can do for them. You know, a lot of people are unfamiliar, of course, with functional mushrooms and the sort of brain health and different um, health benefits that come from the various species. Um, and then, of course, we're seeing a, a, you know, a really explosive use of microdosing, you know, throughout the world. And what we're excited about is, you know, we've, we've partnered with a great company down here to produce our products. And yes, there will be the, the psilocybin products will be manufactured and sold only in Jamaica at this point, because that's where it's legal. Um, but, you know, we're really, we're really quite excited about the quality of the product that we'll bring to market. And just the fact that we will play a role in helping to destigmatize and broaden um, people's horizons around this incredible medicine. You know, as you know, and so many of the people who are probably already familiar with your podcast know, you know, psilocybin and psychedelics have been helping heal people for, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And the fact that we in the Western societies have not yet fully embraced it um, is something that we really want to be part of that, that, that mission of change to get people to you know, be able to step into their best versions of themselves with this fantastic medicine. Love it. Love it. Looking forward to coming out there and connecting with y'all one of these days. So one, one thing that fascinates me about the current Jamaican legal psilocybin mushroom landscape is that it serves as a proof of concept for establishing legal cannabis and psilocybin mushroom markets within a sociocultural Caribbean island nation framework. And I imagine that neighboring island nations are keenly interested and, and they're watching what you're doing and perhaps going to be following suit. I know that Trinidad and Tobago, I believe, has looked into it. There's a number of other countries. Where do you see the psychedelic space and mushrooms in specific headed in the Caribbean region more broadly now that Jamaica has established itself as a proof of concept for a legal, regulated psilocybin mushroom framework? Well, I think you know, the Caribbean looks to various forms of tourism as a key part of driving its, its economic um, growth, right, and expansion. But one of the things that I think is so important in wellness is what psychedelics are doing for mental health. You know, it's offering a pathway to, to, to helping people and solving, you know, previously un, unresolved issues in patients. Um, you know, you're talking about 30% of the, the, the drugs that, is, that are prescribed today for, psych, you know, for, psych, for psychiatric care don't work. And that's, that's an accepted statistic within the medical fraternity. So, and then, you know, when we talk about the ones that quote unquote do work, you know, many times you're talking about patients who have to choose between being almost like zombies or being at risk for a psychotic incident. And, you know, those are not really acceptable terms when we have something that's safe and effective that's available for public use. And that's one of the things that I hope and, and feel strongly that the Caribbean, as it moves past that initial sort of 
you know, these prevailing ideas that have been floated for so long about the dangers of psychedelics and get more educated and informed and understand that that's been way overplayed and these are powerful but very manageable and extraordinarily effective compounds that can help the human condition. You know, my hope is that as, as some of these jurisdictions look for not only care that can benefit their populations, but also being places that people can come to and embrace wellness, you know, where they can get therapeutic healing, um, that it will really serve as, a, as an opportunity for us in the wider region to be able to have more people come to our shores and experience psychedelic experiences. You know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for, particularly in folks who've not yet had an experience, that it should be done therapeutically. You know, I'm not, I'm not a person to talk about recreation because, listen, we're, I believe in adult use. I believe people should make their own informed choices as adults. However, I think if we're talking about helping people to heal, you know, it needs to be therapeutic. It needs to not just be take X amount of grams and you'll be fine. It's, it's about, you know, understanding what's your intentions. You know, where are you on your life's journey? What are some of the things that are challenging to you? Are you in the right frame of mind for it? So that's why, you know, a more holistic approach that includes massage and breath work and energy work and, and is doing a proper screening on the front end and doing proper integration on the back end. You know, those are the things that to me, you know, allow us to really promote psychedelics in the most responsible and effective way to really see people get the benefits from them. And that's something that we're going to be, be doing wholeheartedly. And that's something that, you know, we anticipate and would like to see happen in more more countries throughout the Caribbean as they come on stream. Sure. And of course, you mentioned that there's been a spike in tourism related to psilocybin assisted therapies and retreats. There's so many different centers opening up on the islands. And I know one of the topics of conversation is about foreign nationals coming in and opening projects and leading projects. And there's been some questions around how much benefit is this? Is it actually reaching locals? Is it actually putting money in the pockets of locals? So I'd be curious to hear from your perspective, what is the reception like for this legal industry with a lot of Jamaican locals? Do they feel like it's benefiting them personally? Is there room for improvement on that front? And is there a risk of foreign multinational operations coming in who have all the funding and setting up and, you know, essentially just kind of taking over in, in a sense? Because I've definitely heard that perception from people. Where do you see it? Well, you know, like so many things in life, you know, fair starts to send all kinds of all types of conversations into flow that well ahead of what's rea what's the reality is right but having said that you know for, for me one of the key things here as a caribbean national is to see us develop the expertise within our shores and to see us really hone in and leverage the talents that are here um in doing some of these this work and in being a part of some of these sort of you know vanguard industries if you will and so even from my previous work, you know, it was very important to me to be incorporating Jamaicans and Caribbean folks and other indigenous communities into these retreats. And that, that remains the same thing for me without any sort of, um, you know, we don't, we don't excuse quality, you know what I mean, for, for, for being local. You have to have the same degree of care and expertise to be able to conduct it. But the, the beautiful thing is there are people with those skill sets. And there are people with those, you know, those mindsets, if you will, to be able to to lead those types of ceremonies and those types of experiences. And that's something that we feel is very important as the industry evolves and grows 
that it really has, it, it pulls from the culture, you know, it pulls and it reflects the culture of the, of the island um, in, in what happens here. So I'd be curious to hear about the timeline. You mentioned that it's coming shortly. I'm sure you've got a number of different phases of the rollout planned, but you know, what, when is it going to be publicly announced or you know, when can people start to look into the possibility of coming out to join you on one of these retreats? Yeah, so our retreats will start in earnest in April. And um, you know, we'll, we'll, make, we'll launch the, the, the business properly uh, later on this month. Um, we're just, you know, getting everything fired up and ready to go, but it's exciting, you know, um, it's really exciting and good times for, for us to, um, to get this business rolling. And I think it's the right time, you know, as not just in, because of the, the spike in demand from psychedelics, but also because, you know, coming out of COVID and with people being a lot more, you know, I think people are a lot more aware of what's working for them and not working for them. And I think the hamster, the hamster wheel, you know, more people are choosing to come off of it and being much intentional and focused about what's serving me. Am I my best version of myself today and the one that I aspire to be? And that's where psychedelics plays such a pivotal role in helping people to access, you know, those parts of themselves. And so as one mere tool along that journey, you know, we feel very blessed to be to be helping to pursue that. And, you know, ironically, and this is really the magic of, of synchronicity and just how, you know, vibrations work. So many of Bob Marley's words, you know, that have resonated for, for years and years and years and been so powerful. You know, where the world sits today, man, it, it's, like they're, it's like they're more relevant today than when he uttered them. You know, and for us to be able to in, incorporate that into what we're doing and stand with it and behind it and, and really sort of embrace it is a real privilege. So I've been asking a lot of questions specifically related to this emergent psilocybin mushroom space, to cannabis, to Jamaica. But now I want to ask you more broadly about your approach to being an entrepreneur and being a business executive, because I find that a lot of people want to start these companies. And then, of course, that's a whole other skill set is like having that entrepreneurial acumen. What is the basis for your business experience? Like, was there a point in time where you took on a particular role that helped to shape you and put you on the path you are today? Or did you just pop out of the womb with a briefcase ready to be a multinational executive? <laughs> it's the latter. No. <laughs> I think, I think over time it just became to some degree an inherent desire to, to, to do certain things differently. You know, there's a, there's a sense that this particular product or service could be offered with more tension or more perspective from what the consumer is experiencing or what the consumer should be experiencing or could be experiencing. And I think, you know, for me, I've always based a lot of my decisions in terms of, um, directions and products and services that I've wanted to get involved with around the real benefit to the consumer, you know, and, and that today is, is still what matters the most to me. But I think it's also very important if we're just giving more broad sort of guidance here, you know, something has to be driven at a higher purpose. And that's why I feel so blessed to, you know, along my journey to have gone from just a straight distribution, distribution company. That's the first business I started and sold. Um, all the way through to a number of different iterations, but all the while with that same overarching thesis. But here's what I'm doing today, I feel helps people. I feel it helps them in their lives. I feel it helps them with the thing that's the most important, which is your health and wellness, your mindfulness, your spirituality. I feel that we make a difference. 
And so for me, even with the, the challenges, even with the, the ups and downs, you know, even in those lower moments, I, 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 I get to push through because I truly believe that we're connecting to support and help people. And so even while we have to put that in the framework of a, of a functional and successful enterprise, you know, the overarching purpose is a real magnet to pull you through some of the challenges you're going to have. So my advice to folks is, is one, be very clear about what you're good at, be very clear about what you're exceptional at, and be very clear about what you're not good at, right? So you really have a clear understanding. Sometimes you have to do everything. You know, it's just the nature of the business at, at different times in its, in its evolution. But as long as you're clear that sometimes you're doing the things that you're not good at and you don't like to do, you know that's going to pass, right? But you also know that's the first thing you need to get support in your business is to get someone who's, their exceptional is you're not so good, right? And then you can bring the overall level of the business up. And then just try to find more and more ways in which you can be focused on what you're exceptional at. And if more of us were able to spend more of our time doing the things that we're most uniquely qualified to do, then we would see a much greater degree of success in a much shorter period of time. Wonderful, wonderful perspective. Thank you for that, Douglas. And now the final question I have for you today, because I know you're on the road, you're a super busy guy, and I'm really grateful that you took the time out of your day to join us on the podcast. Final question is, what's coming next? You know, with the elements that we've, we've lined up as, as core pillars of the business, that we have something that we can take global here. And I really want to drive that very, very powerfully because, number one, I believe in the medicine that we're bringing to people. I believe in the power of functional mushrooms. You know, those help people. I believe in the power of psilocybin. That helps people. And so, you know, that's really what I want to just, you know, there's so much scope for growth in, in this business. And that's truly what myself and the team that we've assembled are really focused on right now. Thankfully, you know, with Canex having, you know, a good amount of time under its belt and a good reputation. And it's also, it fits with natural mystic to some degree. You know what I mean? There's a lot of overlap there in terms of education, communication, providing a platform for people to understand about plant medicine and natural healing. So all of those things work together, but there's more that I'm, I'm trying to add to my plate at this juncture. It's just to really take Take this and make it a global success. Wonderful. Well, we'll be following and supporting in any way we can. So thanks again for joining us on the podcast. And I'm a big fan of your work and looking forward to continued opportunities to connect at future conferences. Well, I thank you. And I thank you for what you do. You know, what you do in terms of creating a value-added platform for people to um, learn and understand all the different perspectives that, that, that encircle this wonderful industry. Uh, is, is something that is really quite admirable. So thank you for the work that you do as well. My, man. my pleasure. Drive safe. Have a great day. And that is a wrap. Thank you for sticking around to the bitter end. It's very sweet of you to commit so thoroughly. Don't be a stranger. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please consider checking out the substantial backlog while you're at it. You can reach out to me via email, micopreneur at gmail.com. Or hit me on any of the numerous social platforms that I'm currently active on. At Micopreneur Podcast is the handle on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you all very much for sticking around. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you back here next week on the Micopreneur Podcast.